Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. What we've been doing at Refuel, we've got this series that we're doing called Life in Six Words, and we're talking about the gospel. And um, one thing we're asking you to do, and we're trying to really encourage you to do, um, is to start thinking about and praying about people you know. They could be friends, they could be family members, they could be teammates, they could be people you work with at your job, um, but people that you know that don't know Jesus. And, and, and right now, what, what I've just been asking you to do, and we've been asking you to do, is to pray for those people and start praying for those people. And to do that, we've asked you to download this one app, and it's called, the app's called Life in Six Words. Every week I've been putting this QR, it's, it's like the night of QR codes, I know, but like I've been putting this QR code on the screen. Um, you can put your phone up to it and scan it, um, and it'll take you to where you can download that app. I've been told it doesn't work. That link doesn't work for Android. Any Droiders in here tonight? Um, but you can search in you wherever you get your app. You Droid people get your apps from. You can search for Life in Six Words in the apps, App Store, and um, you can download that app. But on that app is something called a cause circle. And you can put a couple names of people, those people you're praying for in that cause circle. And what it'll do is every once in a while, you know how your phone nudges you to do this and do that, and it's pretty much like a third parent or you know, a fourth parent or whatever. Um, it, it'll remind you to pray for those people that you want to see come to know Jesus. So if you haven't downloaded that app, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, and while you're downloading that app, I feel like every week I've started out with like story time with Matt. So I'm going to tell you another story. Okay. Um, but I was, uh, I was 17 years old and I got my driver's license. Who here has a driver's license? I know we have several of you with a driver's license. Um, and I got my driver's license. I got my first car, uh, 1985 Chevy Camaro Z28 uh, with a V8. And I was, um, my friends and I were all into cars. Like we were the, the car guys. And one night, um, we all went, big group of friends, we went down to Marquee, downtown, to watch, I think it was either the original or the second Fast and Furious movie, if you're familiar with those movies, about guys just racing cars. So if you ever watch one of those movies, like when you get out of that movie theater, I mean, you're just, you're, you, you just want your hand on a gear shift. You're wanting to race, you know, because you've, you've been watching Vin Diesel, you know, with a 1970 Chevy Nova you know, you know, Super Sport, just like roasting tires. So I got in my Camaro. My friend, my friend Brad got in. He had a souped-up S10 with a 350 small block engine in it, and, 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 and Daniel got in. He got one of those little rice burner import cars, and, you know, so we were all you know, pulling out of the, the parking garage. We hit Fifth Avenue, and we, it just so happened that... I was at the stoplight, and next to me on this side was Brad, and next to me on this side was Daniel. And I started, kind of started going, rrm, rrm. and you know, like, I'm not suggesting you do this, but there's something about a man when he's behind his machine, and other men are behind their machines, and they start revving their engines, and this competitive thing kicks in, and I'm like, I've got these guys. So I start, the light turns to green, you know, we, we all three of us just went, and I was like three car lengths ahead of them. Um, I didn't, yeah, at that point, I just wanted to win, so I wasn't looking at my speedometer or anything, going down Fifth Avenue, t- kind of past Marshall over there, Hal Greer. And um, I was very, like, I was so excited, like a big smile on my face, because I, I beat these guys. And yeah, I'd seen, it was Friday night, I'd be seeing them at school on Monday, and I mean, I was gonna be walking around like this, you know. And my smile all of a sudden just melted away because in my rear view mirror, these blue lights were just flashing. And um, I got pulled over, not by one policeman and one car. There were four cars behind my, um, they had been running some kind of drug thing, like a, like a drug bus thing on Fifth Avenue. And they were all waiting. And all of a sudden, 
you know, these three cars came by. Daniel went this way, Brad went this way, and I was in the middle lane, and I got pulled over. And the police officer, who I found out later was undercover, like, I blew the whole, the whole thing. And, and he, he, he got out of his car, and he came over, and he, you know, he, he said, you probably don't even want to know how fast you're going. And I, did, I just didn't know what to say, so I didn't say anything. He said, you were going 85 in a 35. And like I said, wouldn't suggest this. And he started going over all the charges that would apply to me um, because of that. And he was listing out the average fines for those charges. So he got his, you know, then he went back to his, 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 his cruiser. I guess he you know, was writing up the ticket. He came and he explained the ticket. And he said, I was looking at about a $1,200 worth of tickets and that the judge may take my license away. And he wrote something else on the ticket. He handed me the ticket and he left. So I'm just sitting there like, you know, in a pile of mush in my car. Like I know when I get home, my parents are gonna say, how was your night? <laughs> you know, and I drove home and my parents were like, how was your night? And I was like, fine. You know, the, the, the standard teenage response. And I went down to my room and I pulled the... I pulled the ticket out of my pocket to see really like what the damn, I didn't even, I didn't even want to look at it. And I pulled it out of my pocket and all those charges were written on it. And then across all of the charges, he wrote warning. And not, he didn't, I, I even had to, I, had to call, I called the, the Huntington Police Department and spoke to the officer just to make sure that he, re, it really was a warning and those charges like weren't against me. And he said, yeah, he said, he said, I could tell you, well, he used a word I can't say at, ch at church, but he said, I, I could tell you were a little upset, um, and I think you learned your lesson, so I let you off with the warning. So um, I think a couple years later, I showed my parents that ticket, and they were like mortified. Um, so like I said, uh, I wouldn't suggest it, and I'll tell you why here in a minute, but we've been talking about the gospel We've been talking about um, how God, and this is our life in six words, how God created us to be in a relationship with him, how our sins separate us from God, how last week, remember we talked about sins can't be removed by good deeds. We had the ladder, we had the mirror, we had the cake with sardines, we had the dirty underwear. If you weren't here, you need to go back and, and, and watch it. Um, so sins can't, no matter how hard we try, we can't remove our sins by our good deeds. Tonight, we're gonna talk about how paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Next week, we're gonna talk about how everyone who trusts in him alone will have eternal life. That would be a good week to invite maybe a friend who's not saved. And then finally, we're gonna talk about how life with Jesus starts now and it lasts forever. But tonight, uh, some of you maybe got to this question in your tag group. We're gonna talk about the question, why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to die for our sins? And I hope that you'll kind of, this, this will be kind of what we rally around, what you remember, is that paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Why couldn't Jesus just write warning on our sins like that police officer wrote warning on my ticket? Why couldn't he cancel our ticket? We're gonna talk about that tonight. And if you have your Bible, like I said, Isaiah chapter 53, and it's talking, Isaiah chapter 53 talks about Jesus, but kind of like the interesting thing is, Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus was born. 
So it kind of shows you just how incredible like the Bible is and this book is that it was you know, something 700 years before it happened was written and it happened exactly as God promised it would happen. So it's pretty cool. Um, Isaiah is one of the books that's most quoted by the New Testament. I read that there were over 400 quotations, direct quotations or, or, or references in the New Testament to this book in Isaiah. And this chapter is the most referenced chapter in Isaiah by the Old Testament. So it's like a really important um, chapter. So I want to start kind of reading along. Um, you can read with me in your Bible, or the, the words are on the screen, in, cha- in chapter 53, and we'll start, um, we'll start here in, in verse 4. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And like a sheep, or like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. We're gonna reference some more of those verses there, but that's kind of the general saying there. It talks about how Jesus died. So the question is why? Why did this have to happen? Why did God predict that this would happen? And then 700 years later, why did it happen? Why did Jesus have to die? Uh, I kind of want to share with you from this set of verses from the Bible and from some other verses in the Bible, three reasons why Jesus had to die, why Jesus dying for our sins was the only way that we could be saved and be made right with God. And the first reason is because a price had to be paid. A price had to be paid. We talked a couple weeks ago about how every one of us has sinned and sin does three things. Sin breaks God's command, sin assaults or it, it, it attacks God's character and sin misses God's mark. Um, so we, so that, that sin causes separation, it causes death. Um, it causes an immediate spiritual death. We're separated from God. Um, it causes a future physical death. I was telling in, in my tag group, I've been to like six funerals over the past six days. It's a reminder that, that our sin not just separates us from God spiritually, but it, it causes a, a physical death and it causes an eternal impending death. And God can't just cancel tickets. Why can't God cancel tickets like that police officer canceled tickets? Well, I, I really do appreciate him canceling my ticket. You know what I did a few months later? I raced again. Street raced again. So that would maybe me, you think I might have learned my lesson and justice would have been more adequately served if I would have received what I was due? Maybe. If God wrote canceled or warning on the tickets of everybody's sin, that wouldn't be just, would it? If I were racing a second time and as irresponsible as I was, if I were to hit somebody else, if I were to hurt someone, if I were to kill someone, wouldn't that be unjust? A just God has to deal with sin. He can't just write canceled on a ticket. So we learn here that the price had to be paid. And the first thing we learn, this is a very intense way to start it, okay? So just buckle up. The price had to be paid in blood. Like I said, sounds pretty intense, doesn't it? It had to be paid in blood. But if you look, I'm gonna go back here. If you look at Isaiah Isaiah 53 in verse seven, it says he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. What in the world? (laughs) 
What does that mean? If you were the original audience of Isaiah here, you would be a Jewish person. It was written first to, the, to people who were Jewish people, and they would remember that back in their, their law that they had, that they observed, is that every year, all the Jewish people observed a day, and the day was called the Day of Atonement. Some Jewish people still celebrate it today. It's called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And what would happen was the high priest of Israel would take a goat or, and, and a bull, and that, that, that bull he would sacrifice as, as an offering to God uh, for his sins, and then he would take two goats. The first goat he would take, and he would, he would sacrifice. He would kill that goat and offer it up as a sacrifice to God, and that was to take, that, that was, that, and that, that, that goat was, it was symbolic that it would absorb God's judgment on the nation, that instead of God judging the nation, he judged the goat. The second goat that would be brought, the, the high priest would take his hands and put his hands on that goat's head, and then he would release the goat into the wilderness, and that goat was called the scapegoat. That's where we get that term scapegoat from. And, and the guilt of the entire nation would be put on, you know, symbolically put on that goat and it would, it, would, it would represent that that goat was let go and, and their guilt was let go. But here's the thing, it had to happen every year because people kept on sinning and people kept on sinning and people kept on sinning. Why, why did death have to happen? Well, Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Romans 6.23 says it like this, the wages, the payment for sin is death. So when it says that Jesus was right here led like a lamb to the slaughter, those Israelites who read it and received it first, they were thinking of Leviticus chapter 16, how Jesus took the judgment of God by dying on the cross and how Jesus was the scapegoat in that he took the, our guilt to the cross with him too. So somebody had to die. I have to die for my sins. You have to die for your sins. I've got my own sins to die for, so I can't die for your sins. And you have your own sins to die for, so I can't die for my sins. But Jesus, who was sinless, could take our sins to the cross with him. The price had to be paid in blood. It had to be paid in death. But here's the, I guess, maybe the, the more positive aspect of this is that the price had to be paid out of love. If you look at Isaiah 53 and you look at this little phrase here, it says, to who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? talks about it also in Isaiah 52, verse 10. It says, the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of the nations. What, does it mean? what do you think of when you think of somebody showing their arm? What do you think of? Get a shot. Well, get, well yeah, that's, that's the, the 2020, 2021, right? Get your COVID vaccine. Um, I, think of, I think of flexing. I think of, I think of some guy looking in the mirror and saying, dang, you fox. You're looking good this morning. And you're flexing that, you're flexing that bicep, right? When I, and that, that's generally when you read the Old Testament, you read, you read the Hebrew portion of the Bible, the arm of the Lord is meant to, is, it usually symbolizes his strength. And here it says, whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And when it's talking about that, it's talking about this servant that God would send to die for us. So God could have chosen any way to flex his attributes. He could have chosen any of his attributes to flex. He could have chosen to flex his omniscience, knowing everything. I think if I knew everything, I'd be flexing pretty hard, my omniscience. 
Yeah, God could have uh, flexed his just bigness and greatness and his creativity. You know, if I could make something like the Grand Canyon, if I could make something like the Northern Lights, I think I'd be telling everybody, hey, you see that? I made that, I made that, I made that, I made that, I made that. But how did God choose to, which attribute did God choose to flex? He chose to flex his love by sending Jesus. John 3, 16, which we're all familiar with, says it like this. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Maybe we don't realize just how incredible this is. There's a, there's a story that's been written. It's, um, some people believe it's true. Some people believe it's a legend. But it's, it's an allegory that's called to sacrifice a son. And it was written in the 1800s to demonstrate just how great God's love is. And, and I'm not gonna read it to you, but it goes somewhere along the lines like this. In the 1800s, tr- passenger trains were how people traveled and they would have to take trains over rivers so there would be bridges. But the problem with those bridges is ships would have to be able to go back and forth on the river. So they would make these bridges that would draw up to let the ships go through and then they would draw back down to let the trains go back down. And there was one man who would operate that bridge bridge and he was called the switchman and the switchman would let the bridge down when a train was going by and would let the bridge up when a ship was going by and the switchman was at the end of his watch the end of his shift and he knew there was one more train coming he started to hear the train whistle in the distance and he knew that he had to get that bridge down so that train could safely pass across that river. And as he let that bridge down, the bridge got stuck. And instead of lining up perfectly, it was lined up like this. It didn't, it didn't line up all the way. If the train were to go across the bridge like that, the train would have gone off the tracks and into the river and everybody, the hundreds of people that were on that train would have perished. They would have died. So that, 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 that switchman ran across the bridge to get to the manual override switch to where if he would hold on to it and push it forward and keep it pushed forward, those bridges would manually line up and that train could go, go across the track safely. So he ran across and made it in time. He pushed that switch down and the, the, the bridge lined back up and he heard the train whistle, but then he heard something else in addition to the train whistle. And it was a sound that he recognized. It was the sound of his four-year-old son running across the bridge to him, screaming, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And this man was faced with a problem. If he took his hand off that switch, the, the tracks would, would misalign and the train would plunge to its death. But his son could never make it across the tracks in time to escape the train. So he had to make a choice. He either had to let his hand off the switch to derail the train and save his son where he had to keep his hand on the switch and let the train go but his son's life would be lost and he made the decision that he couldn't bear to deal with a hundred plus lives being lost so he kept his hand down on that switch tears falling down his face because he knew that saving those hundreds of people meant he would lose his only son And as the train went by, nobody noticed the switchman who was crying because of the sacrifice he made so that they could live. When you look at Isaiah chapter 53, you look at verse 10, it says, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. It came down to this. God's son could die so that we could live or we would die and God wouldn't have to send his son. How long were these tracks? 
I have no idea. We, it's a legend, so we don't, it, it's, it's a story that reminds us of how, yeah, of how much God loves us. That's a good question, though. I don't know how long the tracks were. I know a five-year-old, he is, they're not fast, but I know that they, if it was just one track, I know that they yeah. I don't know. They got little legs, though. They don't make it very far. Um, so, so, uh, so, but we realize, think about how much God loves us. Think about how if God could flex anything, he flexed his love. The price had to be paid. It had to be paid by God's son. And it reminds us that it was paid through love because God loves us so much. So why did God have to die? Because the price had to be paid. The next reason... God had to, Jesus had to die because an exchange had to be made. Okay, so I, there's a little, not a competition, but I wanna find someone who has the most worthless thing in the room tonight. Somebody bring me some, like something that's just utterly, you can't bring your brother, you can't bring your sister. The, the most utterly worthless thing, like bring me a Steelers jersey or bring me a, and I'm just joking, I'm just joking. Uh, a mask. Something worthless. Competition. First three people up here, bring me the most worthless thing. Okay, we have a mask, we have a pin, and a head warmer. How many of y'all think the mask is the most worthless? Could save your life. How many of you think the hair warmer, head warmer? It's like an ear warmer. How many think the ear warmer is the most worthless thing? How many of y'all think the pin is the most worthless thing? Okay, Jesse, can I have your pin? I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an exchange, okay? I'll take the pin, and I'll give you $20. What? Okay? So you can have a seat. Um, so, so, how many of y'all think that, how many of y'all think that um, I came out on the better end of the deal? I got the pin. A couple of y'all, okay. couple. How many of y'all think Jesse came out on the better end of that deal? Yeah, I think I would agree that I think I got, I got the, the bad end of the deal there, um, because I could probably buy, how many of these pins could I buy for 20 bucks? Quite a few. Keep, keep, keep reading with me here in Isaiah. I'm going to flip back to it on the screen so that you can see it. Keep reading with me here back to Isaiah. In verse 6, let me change colors here. We're going to go to purple. It says that we've all gone astray, we've all turned our way, and the Lord has laid on him, that's Jesus, laid on him, the iniquity. Now that means, that's a fancy word for sin. The iniquity of us all. So Jesus, the, our sin was laid on Jesus. And then if you, keep, if you keep reading, verse 11, look what it says. It says that out of the anguish of his soul, he shall, he shall be satisfied on, um, he shall bear their iniquities, meaning he shall carry their sins. If you keep reading, in verse 12, he says, I'll divide him a portion of many. Um, and he bore he wore the sin of many. So this exchange happened. Here's, here's the exchange that happened. I'm getting all messed up with my slides. Here's the exchange that happened, is that we received Jesus' righteousness, his perfection, his holy standing before God, and Jesus received our sin. We got the $20 bill when Jesus died for us. He gave us his perfection, and he got the pin. Do you see the exchange that happened? Jesus' perfection, Jesus' holiness, Jesus' standing before God is what we got, and he got our sin. He got 
that thing that we watched on the internet late at night that we can't get out of our head. He got that angry thing that we said. That we said. He got that, that bad attitude that we have towards others. He got the sin that we committed. It says that he bore our sins on the cross. So an exchange had to be made. The next one, we... Uh, Jesus had to die because a victory had to be displayed. And here's kind of, you know, some of these have just been, you know, kind of, I don't want to say theoretical, but the, 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 the rubber's about to meet the road. You ready for this? It's going to involve another um, underwear object lesson, unfortunately. Two weeks in a row. We're two for two, okay? Um, a victory had to be displayed. Um, if you look here in verse 10, I'm not going to flip back because I keep losing my place. It says, it was the will of the Lord to crush him, his soul makes an, this is talking about Jesus, his soul makes an offering for guilt. One of the most difficult things that we face in our life right now, whether you're saved or whether you're not saved, is the guilt that you feel for the things that you've done, the guilt that you feel for your sin. And this is that Jesus was an offering for guilt. I like the way it's said here in or in. Um, can't find it now. I'm sorry. Somebody, some of my slides got all out, all out of order. I'm going to read it for you, okay, from the Bible. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. It says, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Jesus did write cancel on the ticket, but how did he write cancel on the ticket? It says, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. That's how our sins were paid for. They were nailed to the cross with Jesus. So what happened after our sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus and he died? It says, having disarmed the powers and authorities. Anytime you read the Bible, powers and authorities, that means Satan, his demons, the enemy. He disarmed the powers and authorities and he made a public spectacle of them. That word, that terminology for public spectacle, that was written in Greek during the Roman Empire. It was a term that was used for when the Roman Empire would conquer a city. And when they would conquer a city, they would take the king of that city and they would strip him down either naked or to his boxers. I don't think they had boxers back then, but you know what I mean. Like they would strip, yeah, they would strip him down to his loincloth or they'd strip him down naked. They'd tie him up and they would parade him around the city and make a public spectacle of him so that those people who used to bear their allegiance to that king or that leader would see their leader, their former leader in this shameful position of being humiliated and being naked or you know, almost naked in front of the whole city and they would never be able to give their allegiance to him again even if he was king. That same term is what they used here for Jesus made a public spectacle of them. Maybe to make it a little more real world. I, once again, I feel like I'm setting a bad example here, but my friends and I had this thing that we would do um, to each other. I don't know if people, guys still do this. They would, we would pants each other. Are you familiar with that term? Yes, I can tell by your, your, your reaction you are. So, um, yeah, not suggesting you do it, but pretty much what this is saying is that this victory that Jesus won on the cross, Satan's task, what he thinks his task is, is to humiliate us it says that what Jesus did on the cross was that he put Satan to shame. 
He humiliated Satan because Satan loves to make accusations against us. He says, did you, did you see what she did on Friday night? Do you see what he did yesterday? Do you see what he said to his parents? Do you see what she did with that guy? And he loves to make accusations, but when those accusations have already been paid for on the cross, Satan has nothing to do. He has no claim for us when we believe in Jesus. So it says that he made a public spectacle, so the cross is a victory, and then our victory is also in the resurrection. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that if Jesus hadn't come back from the dead, if Jesus isn't risen, then we are still dead in our sins. So Jesus, through his victory on the cross, when he disarmed Satan, he shamed Satan and his claim to us. And that through his, when he rose again and 400, 500 people saw him over a period of 40 days, 12 different times, when Jesus rose from the dead, it's like the check cleared the bank. It's like when I called that policeman to make sure, did you really write warning on that ticket? When Jesus rose from the dead, it demonstrated that he had the power to die for our sins. He had the power to beat death. And he had the power to restore our relationship with God. So what do we do in response to this? Like, like what's, what's the end game here? Well, you, you probably know where I'm going with this because we've been doing ABC, and tonight it's ABC. I'm asking you to do three things. First, I'm asking you to advance the gospel. We, we've, if this is true, are you starting to realize this? If this is true, nothing else matters, right? If this is true, there's nothing else that is ever more important than telling people about Jesus. So I'm giving you some, I'm giving us some things that we can do. Friday, Serve Together Night. Um, both of these projects we're gonna be working on are going to advance the gospel through the backpacks, through this clothing pantry. So please sign up. Please join us on Friday. We're gonna advance the gospel together. The next thing I wanna ask you to do is, is bring somebody next week. to our, I'm, gonna, I'm calling it one night. I'm just asking everyone to think of one name they wanna bring with them to refuel next week. The message is gonna be on John 3, 16, 17, and 18, how to be saved Bring somebody that you know needs Jesus that's been out of fellowship with God. Next week, Wednesday. You gonna help me with that, Mikey? Are you, um, are you okay with someone that is a... I, I love people that are... I'm, I'm, so I'm good with that. The next thing I'm asking you to do is to believe that Jesus paid the price for your sin. You can't pay the price by going to church. You can't pay the price by doing good things. The only way to be made right with God is to believe that Jesus paid the price for your sin. And I'm gonna leave this number on the screen later, but if, you've, if you're not saved, if you don't know if you're saved and you wanna know how you can put your faith in Jesus tonight, text yes to 304-208-8044. That number will go to, to my phone and I'd love to send you some verses on how you can know Jesus better. Um, talk to one of your tag leaders tonight. Then the final thing is claim the victory of the cross when Satan accuses. Satan loves to fill the, four, I guess we could call it the for you page of our minds um, with a highlight reel of our worst and most recent failures. The next time Satan does that and he reminds you of that failure, you remind Satan that Jesus died for that failure on the cross and he has no claim to you. So tonight I, wanted to, I finished a few minutes early to give us the opportunity to do this. Um, we haven't got to do this for a while. And um, I wanna ask you to have a prayer time with me tonight. Um, as your leaders, um, we love to pray for you. We love to know how we can pray for you. And um, like I said, we haven't, we haven't done this since COVID, and I think it's time to bring it back, is that we're doing our prayer for a friend time. So what I'm gonna ask you to do, I asked Jeff if he'd play a little music um, before we leave, and what I'm asking you to do uh, is to bow your head and close your eyes. Um, and... 
what I'm asking you to do is come up here and find, get one of these index cards. They're all across the front here. Write down one way that we as your leaders can pray for you. You don't have to put your name on it if you wanna be anonymous. If you wanna put your name on it so I know specifically who I'm praying for, you can. Uh, what I'm asking you to do is just come forward, write your prayer request on this card. Maybe take a minute and just kneel here and pray over your prayer request and then put it in one of these two white bins. And um, after you leave, I'm gonna collect those cards. I'm gonna distribute it among the leaders and we're gonna be praying for your prayer request over the next week. So Jeff's gonna start playing. If you'll bow your head and close your eyes and if, if you'll please come on up, um, grab an index card, um, write down um, your prayer request. I'm gonna write one down too. Um, spend a minute talking to God about it and then you can put your card in that in the box. So come on up, come on up right now. Come on up and join me in, in, in prayer this, this evening. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.